Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, our matey. <laughs> You're listening to The Haunting of Blind Manor After Show by Horror Movie Talk. of Bly Manor after show. Uh, yeah. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, on a normal episode of Horror Movie Talk, we would review and discuss discuss one horror film in great detail. But for this episode, for this series of 10 episodes, we will be having an opinionated and accidentally funny discussion on each episode of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Uh, your <laughs> panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and me, Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. <laughs> so with no further ado, The Haunting of Bly Manor After Show with Horror Movie Talk. <laughs> oh boy. This is a great episode, News man. traffic and weather at the top of the afternoon. News traffic, traffic, weather, traffic, weather. It's 70 degrees out there in San Quicente. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got a great episode for you guys today. This is episode eight of The Haunting of Bly Manor. This is my favorite episode to thus far. Yeah, it's a standout. Uh, for a couple of different reasons. I think my favorite part about it is it's not confusing at all. It's very straightforward. Yeah. There's no mind fuckery. After a, a long series of episodes of you being like, what's really going on? This one lays it all down very plainly. Yeah. And... Uh, and it's uh, and it's set in it's set in the past and it's just kind of it's just kind of a great story yeah. within a story. Yeah, it's a standalone ghost story, really. Right. 
So we will start out by giving a brief synopsis of the episode, and then we'll get into spoilers to take a deeper dive into what we liked about the show. So as I said, uh, today we're going to be talking about episode number eight. Um, Still no episode names on the copy of this uh, that we received to watch, but I think they're going to be naming the episodes. I saw a... um, I saw a headline about how they were going to be naming the episodes. So, oh, really? So I think, yeah, I think once this hits um, the public, uh, I think all the episodes are going to have actual names. Mm, mm. This one would be the uh, Lady in the Lake episode. Yeah, yeah, or maybe uh, Viola, so so as to avoid uh, obvious the obvious mm-hmm. naming of the Lady in the Lake. Right. Um, yeah, this is an episode where we get to learn a bit about as Bryce said, the Lady in the Lake, aka uh, Viola or Viola. Uh, I'm not not too sure. Viola. Oh, a little puppy at the window. Oh, a little cute little dog. Um. So as I said, th- uh, this is almost in th- the almost this entire episode takes place uh, in a time long lost to history. So this is several, maybe maybe a hundred years ago, maybe. I, it's hard. Well, it was the 17th century, so. Okay, so this is the 1600s. Yeah. Um, yeah, so hundreds of years ago, uh, and it, compared to 1988, <laughs> when we think this mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. Uh, this show took place, almost entirely takes pla- place in the 17th century, um, and it's a really sad, kind of mournful uh, show that has just really wonderful storytelling throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we get into uh, spoilers, uh, we're going to take a little a little moment to tell you to visit our website. That's HorrorMovieTalk.com. And from there, you can find links to all of our social media. We post normal episodes of Horror Movie Talk, where we talk about horror movies, shocker, on Wednesdays. So make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple iTunes, because that helps us out a whole bunch. And you want to help us out because we're giving you free stuff. So just just click the, just give us a rating. Mm. You, you, yeah, you, um, if you'd like to get a hold of us and tell us that you're not going to be giving us a rating, go ahead and do that by calling us at six, eight, two, two, five, three, four, four, six, eight, and leave us a voicemail. And if you'd really like to help us out, uh, even more than just giving us a rating, you can, uh, hop on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash horror movie talk. So without any further ado, let's get into spoilers. that foghorn going so we pick up there's a little bit of a thing with the haunting of Bly Manor the episode after each episode picks up pretty much directly where the last episode left off Mm. for the most part Mm -hmm. and this one is no different this one uh, if you recall the way we ended episode 7 was Danny's got Flora and she's like bitch we gotta get out the house and then they're running down the gravel drive, and Flora's like, I don't know about this. I don't like the way this feels. I don't want to leave Miles. And Danny's like, nah, bitch, we got to go. And so she grabs her by the wrist, and boom, right then, that's the point where um, 
the Lady of the Lake grabs Danny by mm-hmm. the throat, crushing her trachea uh, and uh, probably causing severe damage, maybe killing her entirely in one fell swoop, mm. although probably not. And after that, it just now it kind of cuts to black and white and and our narrator takes over. This is a, the most narrator heavy episode of the whole lot thus far. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, you, you did mention this is towards the middle of the 17th century. Um, and, and the narrator tells us there lived a a widowed gentleman and he was left in charge of his daughters. So he had lost his wife and he was left in charge of two little girls and, you know, he died and the girls, (laughs) the girls had to figure out what to do because, Back in, you know, back in these times, wasn't like, wasn't like civilized society today where women could, you know, own property, own property or, you know, own a business or kind of do what you want with your body. Mm. You needed a man to Mm -hmm. facilitate Mm -hmm. a man to facilitate, uh, you know, basic day to day bullshit. You want, Mm -hmm. if you Mm -hmm. want them Kirkland trash bags from Costco, well, bitch, you don't have a membership to Costco unless you got a man in your life. Okay, so just saying. Mm-hmm. Those trash bags are... I think back then it was called Ye old Costco. Ye old with mm-hmm. an E. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ye oldie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, so the dad died, and uh, and so the boys started coming up, coming out, mm-hmm. out of the woodwork, showing up. Their milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Oh, man. These were... These were beautiful young ladies. Perdita? Yeah. Perdita was, and Viola. Yeah. I'm fi- I finally, like, <laughs> this is the episode where Kate, um, oh, shoot. Kate, Kate Siegel That's, uh, finally appears in. Flanagan's wife. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's on the IMDb and you're like, well, what does she play? Yeah. You know? And she's the lead in this episode. Yeah. She's Viola. Basically. And apparently probably the lady Viola. in the lake the whole, the whole time. I'm going to say viola, but that's an instrument. It's mm-hmm. not, her name's Viola. Mm-hmm. I think it's just English people pronouncing it wrong. Oh, that's probably right. Right. Yeah. Well, they do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The English came up with the language and we perfected it. Exactly. As Americans. Exactly. Um, so, so, yeah, the boys keep showing up. And they're just, you know, they're just kind of, you know, I mean, they're just boys. Well, their their motive is literally to become wealthy by marrying these well, these yeah. women. How else are you supposed to do it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that's the easy way. What? Is there's another way? <laughs> I thought I thought you married into wealth. Um, and so they they ain't got no time for any of these men because they're conniving. Yeah, they're, they're only in it for. Men only want one thing. Yeah. Wealth. Wealth. Lots of it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's true. Power. So, so they hatch a plan, a uh, genius plan. Let's fuck our cousin. Yeah. Pretty is <laughs> like, let's call up that cuz, yo. And uh, and so sh- they do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that cousin shows up. And not only is he like well-read and intelligent, but he's seemingly like kind of a cuck a little bit. Mm. He's like... He's like not very interested in he, he how, seems how so? well he seems uninterested in their wealth is is the thing and he seem and they mention he seems like someone who you can wrap around your finger and just kind of like okay you you do the things I tell you to do and we'll be good and uh 
Well, I mean, it, it makes it makes the point of saying like how they present themselves to the cousin is very, very staged, and yes. it's very intentional. That- because first he's like, "Hey, Perdita, how's mm-hmm. it? Uh, how's it hanging there, young lady?" And she's like, <laughs> and then Viola comes in the door with like windswept hair and like dramatic music and wind at her back and you know the the sun's glinting and giving her a halo yeah and she's like i'm the baddest bitch and he's like (laughs) she's like wop 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 (laughs) and he's all like wow that's the baddest bitch and he's like yeah i would like to get up all in that she's like i'm certified freak seven days a week and she's like, park that big Mac truck right in this little garage. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> this episode's going to go off the rails. Mm-hmm. So they, Viola got that dick. Yeah, she got that dick and uh, that cousin dick. And uh, <laughs> and, and she, so they, they marry v- and like Viola, Viola and, and the, her cousin, the cousin. I can't remember what his name is. As now. you do. No, it doesn't barely even talk about him. It's like, yeah, this is really about Viola. It it does, but I didn't write I it down. Well, um, I didn't write it down. The and then goes to the wedding and like <laughs> the they say their vows and the yeah. priest is like, eh, she forgot to say it's to obey. Yeah, and she's didn't. like, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> and everyone's and the like, priest is like, uh, can you say it though? Okay, and she's like, okay. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not saying that part. Yeah. Um. So it's very very clear that she's. Wanting to wear the pants in this house. And you know? she do. And, and she, she do. do. Uh, f- up until she gets sick. Yeah. Uh, and the plague doctor shows up. And the pla- and they're like, does she have the plague? And he's like. Good news, folks. Good news. No Not plague. the plague. It's the lung. Yeah. And I'm like, the fuck is the lung? And I guess that's probably tuberculosis yeah. is yeah. my guess. Yeah. The lung. Yeah. Though. Yeah, that's what they call it back then. Is it? I, I've been watching clips from uh, from Tombstone from sixteen ninety seven. No, from Tombstone, and they describe Tombstone. They, they keep this is your this is your historically accurate uh, records. Mm-hmm. And they <laughs> Val they, Kilmer, Val Kilmer. Yeah, they keep calling him Lunger. Ah, uh, <laughs> okay, Lunger. Okay, Lunger. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's as historically accurate, accurate as that's I. That's such a that's such a great movie. I I'll tell you. Watch Wyatt Earp and Tombstone back to back, and you tell me which is the better movie. Which is? Definitely Tombstone. Like, okay. Wyatt Earp is, like, probably way more accurate, and, like... I watched Tombstone a couple years ago, because I had never seen it. Didn't didn't strike me. Really? Yeah. I love it. I think, I think Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday is one of the most iconic characters. Why? Ever. Because he's just, like, such a smooth, like, sarcastic badass yeah he's like the the whole thing is like everyone's afraid of him because they know that even in his worst shape he could kill them in an instant he's better yeah yeah Yeah, you're yeah it's a very low key yeah i mean his acting in that movie is phenomenal um for sure it's just a it's just such an early 90s movie that it was a little distracting and affected you know, so if you didn't probably watch it as a kid or when it came out, watching it now, just have it taking it in now is a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a little over the top. Yeah. And it's a little stylized, but 
it's a really enjoyable movie. I really like it. I, I won't, uh, yeah, I won't disagree with that. It's, a, it's an enjoyable enough movie. So, uh, at this point, the plague lock doctor gives her the okay on the plague, but no on the lung. He's like, she got the lung, bro. And basically gives her a couple months to live. Yeah. Like, definitely going to be dead in a couple months. And so, at this point, the family begins the transition of, like, like pre-morning, you know, mm-hmm. like, kind of like, like, uh... You know, pre-gaming, but it's just, uh, it's the opposite. It's like mm. getting ready to be sad. Yeah. And uh, and so... They call the priest in to give the last rites, and he's like, all right, you ready to say that you're ready to die? And she's like, fuck that. Fuck you, God. I don't go. And she's he's like, no, you got to say I go. And she's like, I don't go. I specifically do not. <laughs> D-O-N apostrophe T. Turns don't out. Go. Turns out that's a pretty good tack. Yeah. You know? God's like, game game. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so she lives yeah. for like four or five years. Yeah, I think it's like six years. She's like cranking, cranking out the tunes, just like, <laughs> for like six years. Mm-hmm. And during that time, cuz starts looking at Perdita. Yeah. And he's like... And Perdita starts looking at Cuz. Yeah, because how could you not? You know, your wife's over there and she's like... (laughs) Got got the COVID. And... uh, She got the Rona. Yeah, she got the Rona over here. And you can't... You can't... You can't, you know, play around in bed. They couldn't even share the same room. They split up their rooms. I mean, I get it that... Yeah, they couldn't share a bed because TB is... Is, uh, you know, catching like you wouldn't want to breathe in any particles like it's very much like Rona. Right. Mm. But I mean, can you get it from getting your dick sucked? It's a good question. It's a good question. It's a good question. I mean, can you there's I mean, could you, you know, get on one of those plague masks? venereal TB, get get one of the plague masks on and like get up all in that cousin yo just like it should be mentioned that she had already had a daughter with her cousin right or, or, aka her husband mm-hmm. at this point so she's like you know so there are big stakes for her because because remember how this started out was hey we got to protect the family fortune here and mm-hmm. and by w- when i say we we're talking Viola and Perdita, mm. you know, they're like, gotta, they're in a pact. You got to keep it in the fam. Keep it in the fam. That's why we're marrying and having sex with our cuz. So we're committed. We're pot committed to keeping it in the fam. Yeah. And um, so at this point, you know, cuz starts dancing with Perdita just to show the ki- It's kind of, it's pretty innocent, actually. Uh-huh. It's like, let's have a good time. The five-year-old wants to see how to dance. Let's show her how to dance. Yeah, and and Viola acts very badly. It's kind of the same reaction that Peter gave when he saw Rebecca, you know, lick some batter off of Owen's spoon. Like, you, you sucking his batter? Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, but. You, you getting all up in his batter? What other batter are you sucking off of Owen? And then <laughs> and then Viola's like, oh, you dancing? You dancing with my cousin? Yeah, but. How dare you? Well, you, I get it, though. Don't you get you it? You want to dance in bed? Well, don't don't you get it though? I mean, she's had five years to like to be to become fucking so angry at the life that she's right. now leading, right. and then realizing I'm going. Not only am I going to die, and I'm going to leave my little kid behind, but 
my sister's probably going to get on that dick. Yeah, I mean, it's it's makes it very clear that over the course of this time, like the relationship sours between the two sisters, yeah. and Viola becomes like very angry and rageful. And how could you not? I mean, this is the perfect setup. Like, be deathly ill uh, with something that forces you to be far away from people for six years. And, yeah, don't go sour on life. Just be, keep it keep it positive, you know? Be um, good. It's established throughout this episode that Viola really likes the nicer things, like really fancy gowns and jewelry and stuff. Yeah. And at, at some point um, towards the end of her life, she asks... For all those things to be gathered up, all her gowns, all her jewelry, all her, like, you know, womanly stuff, and to be put in a, a big, trunk. Old, big old trunk. Yeah. And she makes it very clear. She's like, look, Whatever hubby. you do. Look, cuz. Take this trunk and leave it locked until our daughter comes of age, and then she gets to have all these fancy things. Yeah. This is my dying wish. Hopefully... She gets a set as nice as these, Michael. <laughs> and she can fill this fucking thing out. But either way, it's hers. Like, this is our daughter's. Boobs, boobies, tits, titties, tickle bitties, uh, machines. So that is made very clear. And then Viola so, so, dies. Well, well, hang on here. Before Viola dies, there is a premise that's set up, which is... Viola becomes spiteful and angry. Her relationship with Perdita sours. And over the course of that time, she is violent with Perdita on a semi-regular basis. She's like slapping her and like talking down to her mm -hmm. and like, you don't have no ambitions, do you? And Perdita's like, no, no, it's like not like that. But over the course of that time, enough, you know, you slap somebody in the face enough, they're going to be like, fuck you. Mm. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. So that is that that premise is set up of the, Perdita being like eh, this whole you. this whole episode has the best writing in the series I think it does it's great just it's fantastic because the narrator really takes part in it and it's really like ghost story ish yeah and and like the <laughs> the narration is so great and in, in the point at which you know Perdita's like mm, fuck you because uh, she's like there was one word that kept coming to Perdita's mind over. This, you know. Yeah. What was it? This time. And, and, uh, Mesa said, you'd think it would be mercy, but it's not mercy. Yeah. It's enough. That's enough. <laughs> and then it shows her just smothering Viola. Yeah. She, and, and murdering her, basically. Just yeah. Like, she, All right. Enough of this shit. Yeah. She just smothers her to death. She's like, okay, look, God, God gonna respect your wishes, but. And it's great. You slap me in the face. It's great writing because. If you were to just show that, you'd be like, okay, it's it's a mercy. Yeah. Like, she's just, she just wants her transition to, you know, she doesn't want her to be any pain anymore. It's like, no, it's just like, all right, enough of this shit. Yeah. We're tired of waiting. We're moving on now. And so, uh, following uh, Viola's death, Perdita marries her cuz, as you do. And uh, and as they're getting married in that chapel, we get to see, oh, yes, here's that tile mm -hmm. where v v Viola is buried. Mm -hmm. And this is a callback to episode, I think, five, six, six. No, four. I think it's four. Five, four or six. One of those episodes. Four. It was one of yours. I think it's four. I, yeah, I, yeah, I went yeah. back and checked. And yeah, the the grave rubbing that 
Flora was doing for Danny in inside the chapel, the chapel was yeah. Viola's yeah. gravestone. It was, yes. So uh, so call back to episode four. And uh, <laughs> and so time time keeps on slipping into the future. And uh, and we got Perdita, who's like, hey, where's that fucking trunk? Like, like, first of all, we're running out of money up in this bitch. Right. This is going to keep this house up. This is where it transitions into every show about a giant manor. Yeah. <laughs> is the, you have any idea how expensive it is to heat this fucking place? <laughs> the story is we went broke and now we can't afford this giant mansion. Yeah. You never really. You don't there's think very, about the upkeep. There's very few stories of that in America of like having a mansion and then it being too expensive to live in anymore. But that's like every manor or giant building in England is like, no one wants this fucking place because it's way too expensive to upkeep. Yeah. Like, and that's the the story is like, of course, this guy is terrible at running his business and they basically become, I mean, not penniless, but. They can't even afford a maid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically penniless, Bryce. Right. So Perdita is, is, uh, has the knowledge that this giant trunk of extravagant gowns and jewelry is, is up there that would easily be worth enough money up, to... It really sets up the rock in the hard place. Right. You know, because it's like, well, what the fuck are you going to do? The whole point of this whole th- of of fucking our cousin was to was to st- keep our uh, fortune, but now we don't have a fortune. We can't keep the lights on and shit. Yeah. So maybe it really it really sets up also Perdita's and Viola and like everyone has an imperfect character mm-hmm. in this in this episode. Oh yeah, because Perdita's definitely like, well, why would you do this? Like, who's more important, my dead sister or me that's still here? And suffering. And not only that, your daughter. Like, right. Right? <laughs> right. So the the cousin, the nameless cousin that we don't remember his name, um, basically says, hard no. I she- made a promise. It's an oath. <sighs> and Perdita's like... What was that? That's... It's a ghost. Disgusting. Like, why would you, why would you keep this from me? Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, what you gonna do? And then, so she heads up in the attic. She opens up that trunk, and she's like, "Hey, look at this fine dress!" And then, whoa! Oh my god! Like <laughs> that dress reaches out and grabs her. Yeah, right in the neck. Right. <clears throat> yeah, that's probably the best jump scare in the show. Like, um, I was I watched this late at night, and I was kind of like fading, and then that like jumped out, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. So. Yeah, it's uh, not expected in the least. No, yeah, that was. Um, and then it it kind of shifts gears and it shows the perspective of Viola as she's dead, and this is where like the narration shines because it really sets up this like this loop, this endless loop for Viola, which is she's go to sleep, she's asleep in this room, wake up, she wakes up, walk around. She walks around, then goes back to sleep. And this room is, like, really bleak because she can't open the door. It's locked. She looks out the window, and it's just blackness. Yeah. Like, immediate blackness in front of her face. And the mirror's there, and then she gets spooked out because she can see, like, herself dead. She covers it. So it's this endless loop of waking up, walking around, and sitting down. And then she figures out that she's actually inside the trunk, which is kind of an interesting... Yeah. 
device. She's tied to that trunk. And yeah, so she got to hang out with her old stuff till her sis shows up. Then she's going to choke that bitch, then leave. <laughs> well, she's expecting. Then leave. She's, she's expecting. Get she that figures, bread, get that head, and leave. Sorry. She's figuring it out, like, what, what this is, that she's in the trunk, and then she realized, like, oh, eventually my daughter's going to open up this trunk, and I'll get to see my daughter, and right. it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, it'll be worth the wait. And then the door opens, and in walks. Perdita. Perdita. She's yeah, like, like, you bitch. Fuck you, bitch. I remember you killing me. I remember that. And so she immediately chokes out Perdita and uh, kills her, like straight up, straight up murders her, her sister in revenge and rage. So then, so this is very bleak for uh, uh, Viola, uh, but we start to, we start to get a ray of hope for her, which is the family's going to sell the manor. They're going to get out and they're going to take the trunk with them mm-hmm. they're lifting up the trunk they're gonna bring it with them oh my gosh we're all gonna get to go and i'm and gonna she's get, inside. get to be a family with my with my daughter and and i'm gonna get to see her grow up and i'm out of this room finally mm-hmm. and this is this is wonderful and then they toss the trunk into the lake because yeah. they go because it's haunted because it's a haunted spooky. trunk what are you gonna do with well all? i mean this this trunk murdered my wife so i mean not really interested in taking it with us right yeah. So. Yeah. Bleak as fuck. Yeah. That was rough. And then it shows Viola as a ghost being the lady in the lake, waking up at the bottom of the lake, walking out, walking into the mansion and going to her room, expecting to see her daughter and never seen it. And it shows her like over the ages walking yeah. This round. Every day. And then every like, once in a while, just straight up murderizing murder, yeah. someone. I have to return some videotapes. So there's several there's several uh, killings that were shown. And I don't know if you noticed, but in previous episodes, you catch glimpses of some of these ghosts. Like, I remember, I think it's episode one. Um, there's a shot where, like... A head turns and it's like a beak, and it's like that looks like a plague mask. And oh it's, yeah, it's actually the the plague doctor. Yeah. that gets myrtleized by Viola. Yeah, that's right. And, and then uh, there's a um, uh, the 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 man of of God. <sighs> um, I think they call him a priest. <laughs> are you sure about that? Did we do our research? Hmm. Is that? Okay, I'm getting it. Yeah, Brendan's saying, yeah, that's that's accurate. (laughs) Um, And so she she takes a bunch of these people with us and it's described as kind of, she is this gravity well of misery that ties all these souls to herself and that over time she fades and she's not... All things fade over time. Yeah, all things fade over time and it shows her... And it's like really cool effect of like her face slowly disappearing till she's like completely faceless. And it describes that her personality leaves too. And all that's left is this husk. And the only thing left is hate and rage and like expectation of seeing her daughter. And um, that's that's like this horrible fate that she's in. And then as she kills the other people, they're. Stuck in they're stuck a loop in this, with her, yeah, in this in this horrible uh, well of sadness that is Bly Manor. This is it's like a 
it's like a hot spot for ghosts, you know? Mm. It's like the hangout. Mm. It's a vortex. Vortex. It's yeah. like the Oregon vortex. Um, and then it hops back to the basically the end of the last episode, which is... The start of this episode Danny, as well. Danny getting choked out. Yeah. And dragged. So that's that's where this episode ends, is Danny getting, getting fucking wrung by... Uh, mm by uh viola mm-hmm. or the uh the lady in the lake yeah so that's the end of the uh episode eight this is this was definitely one of my favorite episodes so far mainly because it was so straightforward and because it was just a solid story within a story that now explains oh well that's this is the real terror at bly manor is definitely <laughs> viola mm-hmm. and uh and so you know um, is definitely strange women lying in ponds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't uh, don't stick around Bly Manor too long. Um, so so yeah. Episode eight, I enjoyed a lot, and it sets up the stakes very nicely for episode nine, the last episode, because Danny's gonna get choked out. What's gonna happen? Mm. So yeah. yeah. So I'm excited for uh, the final episode. So thanks again for listening to the Haunting of Bly Manor after show with Horror Movie Talk. We sure do appreciate you hanging out with us. Make sure to subscribe to Horror Movie Talk and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts because that helps us out a whole bunch. The other thing that helps us out about a whole bunch is if you share it with a friend that's free. You can do that just with a click or two. Just that's all you have to do. Or you can just say, hey, have you heard of this show, Horror Movie Talk? And they'll be like... Oh, yeah, I totally have, uh, because I'm super cool and I'm in the know. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, I am, too. Mm. Um, mm. If you'd like to help out the show in a monetary way, uh, you can do so by going to our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com, clicking through the link at the top of the matter, banner that says Amazon, and then everything you buy from Amazon after clicking that link, we get a little a little taste of that, and uh, and it adds no extra charge to your to your bill mm-hmm. it's just it's just we get a little bit of a commission from that yeah um also if you'd like to help us out that same horrormovietalk.com website at the top of the page has another link that says become a patron and if you do that we have you know patron patreon exclusive afterpod where we talk about our train wrecks of a life in 2020 and uh, also you know we have some good times and talk about our uh, our opinions on various things so that those are direct ways to support mm-hmm. the show special thanks to a couple special people first of all to dustin gobel our our uh, resident artist um if you want to um, commission artwork from him check him out at instagram at dgobel 0 that's at d-g-o-e-b-e-l-0-0 on instagram um, also special thanks to max who composed the intro yeah that's uh, maxwell.r.allen on instagram and kitty for um Her leaving little, us a little lovely little, lovely angel voice i mean we could have done it ourselves we could with have the accents yeah yeah for sure but uh, we needed a woman's touch. Right. Is what it was. I always need a woman's touch. Call us at 682-253-4468 to leave us a voicemail, and we'll see you for the final episode <laughs> of The Haunting at Bly Manor. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Run, boy! 
crime. Run for your life.